We sometimes curse in this podcast. We also sometimes talk about things that are inappropriate for certain ages. We encourage listener discretion. So you know how we have a listserv at work and there's like every county is on it. Oh, okay. Let me take off my bracelets because they're going to be loud. Okay. <laughs> no loud noises. Um, and so <laughs> one of the new people to the listserv hasn't quite figured it out yet. So are you saying list serve? Yeah. What's that? It's, um, so instead of like putting in all the people you want to um send an email to it's just a bunch of emails and it's under one title like a title group oh and so you don't have to yeah and so um it's always this learning curve when when new people come on because if you if you send a message from it It'll show your name as that you're the one that sent the message. Yeah. But if you respond, you're not responding just to that person. You're responding to everybody who's on that list. And so um, this particular person is setting up a meeting or is part of a smaller group um, that not everybody on the list serve as a part of. And, um, but he's, they're having a meeting. So he's asking for lunch orders for this meeting Oh. And so I um, asked my friend Kristen if she, what she thought of all of the um, replies. And she sent me um, <laughs> a Melissa McCartney eating ribs. Because <laughs> 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 like, somebody was like, I'll take the ribs. And then another person's like, I'll take the chickens. <laughs> me. Yeah, we don't like him, but she's just like, she's made me laugh because she's like, I'm just imagine all these people looking at their email and really trying to decide what they want to eat. Chicken ribs. <laughs> God, that's so awkward. It is, but it happens. It just like there's such a learning curve. And so when all this came out at the time, the president of the of yeah, um, the prairie work. Oh, ooh, you almost <laughs> said it. I would have um, believed it. I would have just said of the association. But anyway, um, he did not like that people responding on the list. Oh, yeah. Like that. And uh, so I tried really hard to send out an email to explain how I can't even tell you though how many times like you'll be on an email chain and like somebody will be like we need to move off of this email chain now start replying to this email chain this one this separate one and people will continue to reply to the other one it's like (laughs) "Mm, dude what are you doing and I will send them a separate message and be like we don't want to look like buffoons here. We need to take our shenanigans elsewhere because this is not, this does not look good for us. Right. <laughs> so please stop replying to that. Like, 
And sometimes it just takes a little shame. Like, don't, don't do that. Well, yeah, there's so much with email etiquette. I feel like that there's a lot of people that they just don't understand how it works. and Or they don't care. Like, I'll just reply all. Right. <laughs> we, yeah, we don't care about what you have to say back. Right. And yeah, it's, um, it's been kind of a comical thing though for Kristen and I, cause we kind of sit back and watch some of this dialogue and just kind of laugh. Cause it's, you know, you can't for whatever reason, either, like you said, they don't care. Or no. Yeah. Whatever. It's, I think it is entertaining as well. I <laughs> can totally appreciate that. Welcome to my mom hates to read. The podcast where my mom gives me a topic to research each week so that she doesn't have to read. My name's Savannah. And I'm Tamara. What's our topic today? Margaret Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher. Why did you choose Margaret Thatcher? Like, what do you know about Margaret Thatcher? Well, you know, I'm getting older and it's making it harder and harder to remember why I chose these things. Um, But, well... I mean, she's an icon. I mean, you hear her name a lot when we talk about modern history. I could just burp. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> and anyway, uh, so yeah, so I wanted to learn more about her because she's such a powerful political figure in such an early time before women. Um, I think women are just now really starting to make their mark um, as a whole. Yeah, like fucking years later. Right. Decades later. Right. And so here's this person or this woman, I guess a person, a woman who really, really stood out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I didn't know anything about Margaret Thatcher, like nothing. And so God damn. He <laughs> just wants to be a part of this. Hey, take your toy. You were sucking on it before, but now you're biting it. Let's go. Okay. I didn't know anything about Margaret Thatcher, so this research was so fucking hard. Because not only is it, like, like you're saying, she really did incredible things for where we're at now, just in the sense of being what's it called when you pave the way uh, <laughs> paving the way <laughs> she really paved the way yeah. <laughs> no not trendsetter but uh whatever somebody out there is going to be like screaming that they know the word for it <laughs> i'll think of it later it's not, Man. Even, it's not even there for me sorry <laughs> i'm like i don't know what word you're looking for okay so it took me so far it's taken me a week to do this research and like there's still so much to learn about her um I was not prepared in any way for what I was going to research like I didn't I didn't know anything about her so I was like how do I even start well so that's exciting yeah for me to hear that because there was a part of me was like oh Margaret Thatcher everybody knows about Margaret Thatcher but yeah. No, I, like, have heard the name, but I had no idea what, you know, first Google search I did was, okay, she was prime minister. Great. For Britain. Great. Wait, in the 80s? What? Like, just, it was bananas from there. So, 
Before we start, I do want to just say we are drinking whiskey in honor of the good Margaret Thatcher. Oh, was she a whiskey drinker? Yes. So, and I'll just start with this. We'll just do a toast. Margaret Thatcher. Margie. Wait, I'm going to say something. God. Margie. Okay, my toast is Margaret Thatcher, and this is a quote as well, was a woman with high standards, a short temper, and a taste for whiskey. Nice. Right? Yeah. Uh, Marge. So good. Get it, Marge. Well, what kind of whiskey? Irish um, whiskey? She did have a specific whiskey, but I really can't remember right now. So, born Margaret Hilda Roberts. Hilda. Hilda, yeah. Um, she was born in a small town in Lincolnshire, England, in a town called Grantham. So, I think that Grantham was the town, Lincolnshire is like what we have a state but it's maybe province there. I don't know how they separate it. Whatever. Shire. She was born in the Shire. <laughs> With big feet. Yes. Hairy feet. Okay, so. I like your earrings. Thank you. Watch the glass tinking. She, um, wait, did I already say her parents were shopkeepers? No, you did <laughs> not. Distracted. Okay, pause. Okay, so her parents were shopkeepers, but her father, father, <laughs> Off to such a great start. But her father was also a local politician. At one point, he was the mayor of Grantham, the town that they're from. Grantham. Grantham. She attended Oxford University, where she graduated with a degree in chemistry. And actually, she worked in a lab, um, like, after she graduated. Until she first ran for parliament in 1950. She was not elected. But she did run. Um, 1950 for a woman. 1950. In the 50s. Yeah, I just saw a picture on here of like in the 60s of a woman just trying to run in a freaking marathon and getting tackled. <laughs> oh, fucking see? It's crazy. Um, her slogan, though, was kind of interesting. It was, vote right to keep what's left. Ooh. So what? political party do you think she was part of the right the conservative she was conservative which i did not know yeah i knew that um yeah anyway yeah i didn't know and it's it was so considering like the trump era and what like our very recent political history and sort of like the mentality behind it and like how how the conservative party still views things compared to like the conservative party then it's very similar and it was very very interesting to see that they still had like those same like moral fibers that guided their like policy that mm -hmm. was so interesting to me or to compare because i mean she was a very controversial person right she was then she is now and to compare that how she was controversial then and now how she's controversial to like what was controversial about what we just went through and like that mentality and um by the way I'll like post all of my um 
like work cited or whatever, I have so many different resources that I have listed. So like when I set up the blog, I will definitely put it on the blog. But it was so interesting to read about um, Margaret Thatcher and compare. So like one of <laughs> one of the these authors, he talks about that divisiveness trickling into society and like how it can impact society. And I, I think it's just like a really astute observation to talk about like, yeah, we try to keep politics separate. And like, it used to be like, don't talk about politics at the dinner table, but it's like, it, it is affecting other things. And what our government does, does trickle into just how we are as citizens and how we interact with each other. And I think that that's, just such a great point that that so are was you written saying basically it's always interfered but we like we kind of, we kind we of pretend, had our blinders on yeah. yeah like we're gonna pretend that it's not we can keep it separate that if we could just talk you know we don't talk about it yeah in you know in group settings but the specific author his name's hugo young he wrote her biography um and i'll like quote him later but he he was just kind of talking about how that division and how she was viewing her governmental work had a trickling effect onto society and society became more blunt with each other and more like aggressive towards each other and not as really? caring and um and that he wrote that that was in 2003 that he wrote that about something that happened in the 80s and i just think it's so applicable to like now about how we can pretend that it's we can keep those things separate but we can't and it did we just saw real life how it affected our community so there which, was just so many layers in this research well and which is another layer too because um if i and i i'm assuming you're going to get more in depth about it yeah. but from <laughs> what you're saying is kind of her harshness and her tone really like she was there to do a job mm-hmm mm -hmm. And it spilled over into the communities. Yeah, and camaraderie to, yeah, citizenship. Like, yeah, I think that her policies did have an impact on the community. and A positive or a negative? Negative. Okay, that's what I was taking yeah. it to be. Yeah. Is, I was just, you know, reflecting on, there's been a lot of comments about people saying, well, you know, if women did this, if women did that, you know, that's, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have, you wouldn't have that negativity, but here's this figure that from what I'm yeah. getting you starting to say, she did actually have that negativity. It'd be interesting to know if um, that was just her, if that was just her, or if she felt that that was a persona she needed to have in order to be in the position and that she was in. Yeah. Let's talk about it a little bit later because I mean, so I don't really get into it on my research. I just kind of go through like a timeline, which I'll tell you in a second. But um, just I think it is interesting to think about. And I couldn't. Gunner? Oh. <laughs> it, it's interesting to think about. She was in a man's world and she was, she made it to the very top, but still from the very beginning, she was from a small town. She wasn't from a wealthy family. She went into the conservative party. There's so many different elements where all of that, then she's a woman on top of it. Just, 
it has to have it's amazing but it had to have influenced the way that she did things and the way that she thought and who she tried to be and how she conducted herself and like having a whiskey yeah like she was in a man's world like she's drinking whiskeys with men right like so it did have to impact everything that she did that her being a woman really loved whiskey she no she (laughs) i think that it i speculation like i think she chose whiskey for a reason but she does she makes a statement many comments about being a woman and i think that it was always at the forefront of her mind um and how how could could it it not not? yeah (laughs) like you're a woman you're the only woman so she ran and lost again the following year in 1951 um, this was the year she married her husband, Dennis Thatcher, and they were married for 50 years. Oh, Yeah, which I think is cute. Two years later, she had twins, Carol and Mark. Oh. Um, so in 1954, she passed the bar exam and began practicing law until 1959 when she ran again for a seat in Parliament and oh, won. Hold up. So this woman goes out. And like finds herself a husband, has a couple kids, had a couple kids, studies for the fucking bar exam, passes it, goes to law school, starts no, she's studied. I don't think she went to law school. I think she studied, passed the bar, like, and I could be wrong, but I did not find anything that said like, oh, she attended law school. No, she studied for the bar exam, and it could be different. No, I mean it could definitely be different in England. Well, up and like. Lord have mercy. <laughs> so in the in the late nineties, when I was working in a law firm, there was still a sitting judge in one of our counties that had no law experience whatsoever. But back then, you he could just be passed. elected. Oh fuck! Okay, that's <laughs> terrible. That's horrible. Um. So what I gathered is no, she was studying. She had two kids. She was. Well, in between that time, I think it kind of overlapped. She had kids, and then she passed the bar exam. You can't have that in here. I love you. <laughs> she passed the bar exam, and then um, she started practicing law, and then she ran for parliament and won. Um, and I would say the difference in this election was that she ran for a seat in, like, so it kind of works the way that our elections work for the for Congress, where you have... Well, for really any state election, but um, you have like districts and yep, yeah. <laughs> you have like districts and stuff. So the the area that she ran for was a very conservative constituency, and she appealed to the conservatives. She had very conservative values, and she was she was going to implement very conservative policy. That's super cool, but at the same time, kind of frightening because. We have a um, female in our head honcho area in our state that um, I am hoping that she's appealing to the wrong people that would elect a woman. <laughs> but is she? Who are you talking about? Our lieutenant governor. Oh, that motherfucker? Yeah, she, no. She will not win, and I will move out of state if she wins, that <laughs> son of a bitch. We're yes. in Idaho. Everybody look it up. Right. We're yeah. in Idaho. Yeah. She's a well, piece of garbage. My, no. my hope is that, because she seems to be appealing to a certain To white base, men? 
Right. Who, to me, I feel like are not like the people that are on her it. crazy chain I don't are not get the it. one that, ones that are going to vote a woman into office. Like, right? Right. It is so, it is a phenomenon. Right. From there, she slowly began moving up the ranks for about like 10 to 15 years more or less. Um, By 1975, she became the Conservative Party leader. Wow. And something happened to make that happen, but I don't remember. So if you're curious, look it up. But, like, I I don't know what happened. I think, like, that person died or something. But I'm so not somebody sure. just Don't dies? look it up now, but if you're curious, okay, what? I don't know. Donnie said that doesn't happen when they stay in here. Okay, so we're cursed, and the lights flicker when we're in this room. I think it's my mom. Hello, Kathy. Sorry, Tristan broke your rosary. Did he? Yeah. Oops. Alrighty. Okay, focus. By 1975, she became the Conservative Party leader. In 1976, she was called the Iron Lady by a Soviet reporter. And if anybody knows of Margaret Thatcher, they know she was called the Iron Lady. Yes. Yes. So, um, she had accused Russia of seeking world domination. And so he was like trying to slander her basically and called her the iron lady. The British press picked it up. And a week later, Margaret Thatcher said this quote, I stand before you tonight in my red star evening gown, my face softly made up and my fair hair gently waved the iron lady of the Western world. She added quote, yes, I am an iron lady, end quote. Gives me chills. Right? She just fucking owned it. That's right. what you call I, taking I back the narrative. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I kind of feel like that was like a backfire. It's like, why? Yeah, you just they... made her sound so strong. She's made of fucking iron. Right. The strongest metal, like... But leave it to a freaking idiot male to think, oh, well, I'm going to attack her soft side of being a woman you know because of a woman Lady. she should have this soft side it's like oh like yeah. that's the worst thing oh, i can that's say that's a good perspective is that yes. she's this iron woman that you know they're attacking she's her maternal hard yeah, and, yeah. exactly it's like yeah it's like, like an M. yeah well you know she really she hated not- communism um Okay, anyways, parliamentary elections work very similarly to congressional elections, as I kind of stated before in the United States, in the sense that parliament is broken up to constituencies, but I don't think that's the right word. I think, like, okay, whatever. They're broken up, and then they elect somebody to represent that area. Um, But then they do something called first-past-the-post. Do you know what first-past-the-post is? I have never heard that term. Okay, I hadn't either, and I still don't really know what it means. I think that it's basically the party has the majority, and so when the general elections happen where they vote the seats of parliament, whatever the majority party is in parliament essentially puts forth a five-year plan, and they become the leaders so like so say with the united states congress if the majority party like every party has a leader but they like this is the party leader so if the majority party like that's the majority party so like say republicans won they would put forth the majority leader and that would be the president 
So that's the prime minister. So they put forth, like, so she became the um, party leader in, like, 76. No, 75. She became the party leader. So when the Conservative Party won in 1979, she was at the helm. Like, she was already the party leader. She became prime minister. So that's how she came into power. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so she became the party leader, which she still had to run for. You still have to run in elections within your party. So she still had to win that election. But then when the party won, she was it. Like, she was wow. their leader. So it's it's very interesting in that aspect if you don't really understand, like, how that works. It's it's interesting to be, like, it's not like she ran on her own. She already had to run, and then they had to run as a group. So the reason that this research was so hard is because she did – she was, like, economically minded, and she did so much for Britain's economy. She did a lot. And whether it was because of like the changing times or it was because of her policies or it was because of a lot of different reasons, which is normally what it is, like the economy did get better and their position in the world did get better under Margaret Thatcher. Like that is indisputable. It did get better. (laughs) Um, And there was a lot of different factors that went into it, but when she took office, they were in a really, really bad spot. Inflation was so high. But then the other thing is they were kind of trying to be a socialist um, country. So government owned a lot of shit. Like it was a lot of stuff was government ran and taxes were so high. Like the majority of your income went to taxes because the majority of services out in the world were provided by government. So they needed a lot of your money. And she really was against that. She was she hated communism. She didn't like this this like government owned and operated stuff. She did not think that it was necessary for humans to not be able to do what they want with their money. And like that was her biggest thing as soon as she took office. Like we have to because there was a like market bubble at the time that she took office where like Prices were super high. Inflation was super high. And then plus everybody's paying taxes out their ass. Like they were just not in a good spot. And so her attempt to control inflation and like pop the bubble, like, (laughs) you know, like reduce all these, these things. So the other thing that was going on, like, this is why it's so complicated is because it's economics and I know nothing about economics, but the other thing that was happening is like, they weren't, they were kind of losing their status as a world power because nobody was really investing in their economy because they had nothing to invest because it was basically state run. Like it was run by the government. So, and they were kind of becoming isolated from what was growing to be like a global economy, you know? So they, they were just shooting themselves in the foot. And when she took office, she was really trying to change that. And the way that she was trying to control inflation was by controlling the money that came in and it's like called monet monetism or monetarism or something like that and she was just she believes that like money should be backed by substance so like gold or silver so all money should have actual value and that would control the money coming in and therefore control inflation and then the other thing that she did and I don't know if I talk about this really but 
the other thing that she did was um, she like did a lot of deregulation. So she deregulated the um, like mortgage lending. So mortgage lenders could start lending to more than just the government and just like large companies, they could also start lending to like individuals. So she really did things to boost the economy. And even though she didn't want to be part of the European Union, she really got, she got like the UK back on top economically because she made, she made the UK like valuable and, and people could come in and participate in the United Kingdom's market, which they really couldn't do before because it was isolated. So that's just like a, that's, that took me a long time to come to that short, like little answer. It's like very, very complicated, but I mean, taxes were like, some of the richest people were paying like 90% taxes before she came into office. And like inflation was crazy, just crazy. So they were not doing very well at all. So this whole idea, because I know that we've talked about that or it's been talked about over the years, this idea of like, well, let's close our borders and just focus in on ourselves is kind of, it's. It doesn't work. It wouldn't work now because we're part of a global economy. We're so reliant on other countries for our manufacturing, for things that we can't do or don't want to do because we want to be you know, suppliers of certain things and we don't want to be manufacturers. Um, Suppliers in the sense of like finished products, which you need cheap labor to do that. If you want to do only finished products and get like the really good money, then you need like cheap labor and people to produce the shit that you do not want to deal with. And so like, that's why we are a global economy because we... And this is, like, I do not have a degree in economics. Like, I am not, but this is just, like, the little bit that I've learned about, like, if you're going to participate globally and become reliant on other countries, even though you want to appear like you're not reliant, we are very reliant on other countries. Oh, yeah. You couldn't shut down your economy. Like, you would, that's how, that's how communism happens, just because, like, you're so reliant on your set you're so self-reliant you control anything that comes in and out like you just really it doesn't work like that anymore because we are so interdependent yeah it would be really hard to um kind of pull that all back in at this point you'd be poor you'd be so poor and and people would be starving too easy Like, North Korea is a great modern-day example of, like, a closed economy. Mm -hmm. They they have complete control about who they trade with and what they trade, and that you... We know how that has impacted their society. Like, we know from reports at the UN how that's impacted their society. It's not great. (laughs) Right. Okay. She actually held office for 11 years, and the Conservative Party won the majority four elections in a row. That's a so, long time. Yes, it's we, such a like, fucking long time. It was like the longest, years. the longest. Yes. Oh, well, eight years is still, it's, it surprised me how long, 
Like, because Obama was the first president, like, I remember. I remember him getting elected. I remember when he left office. Like, that was a huge portion of my life. Eight years of my, like, yeah, memory is Obama as president, which is fucking amazing. So, I'm not complaining. Yeah. No, I, it was just funny, because I do, so Reagan was probably a good portion of what I remember. I do remember Bush. Junior, the smaller bush. The smaller bush. <laughs> yeah, we had Bush I, senior. Well, because I remember nine eleven, so I remember him in that sense. But I don't remember like anything that he did really, other than I remember Jay Leno always making fun of him. Who, yeah. by the way, did Jay Leno was kind of garbage. Yeah, he really turned out to be, didn't he? Just sexist. Okay. So, um, when we were talking about economy, I wanted to include this, like, because... I know, but I now said, you're making me think of Jay Leno. You know your dad has a picture of him and Jay Leno. In the plane. Or yeah. at the, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Not in the plane, but at the plane is what I said, which right. doesn't oh. make a lot of sense. Yes. So, she ba- basically, the way that she viewed economics, like, they coined it phrase for like an economic phrase um thatcherism and so it's the belief that economic freedom and individual liberty are interdependent that personal responsibility and hard work are the only ways to nationally to national prosperity and that the free market democracies must stand firm against aggression so that was like thatcherism so she was pretty much like a proponent, I don't know if I want to say that word, but she basically proved that capitalism was the way to go. Um, I think that, no, I wouldn't, yes, it's hard because it wasn't about, it was about the individual and not businesses. Like when I think of capitalism and I think people that are pushing capitalism, I think of people that are like, you know, businesses are at the heart of everything that we do. And if they're successful, then our economy will be successful. But hers was more like individuals have the right to spend their money. And if, if they're spending their money on what we're producing and what we have here, then they're stimulating our economy. And because of that, our economy will be successful. But it all comes from the individual versus capitalism, which I think is very business-centered. Okay. And, but she... I can see the differentiation. Differentiation. Yes. yes. That word. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can... Yeah, okay. Just from my perspective. I, and I don't yeah. know if that's like the... Well, I mean, obviously yeah. it wasn't pure capitalism because there's already a name for that. And I, I think that is a basis of capitalism of like... It's better for the average man. But I think hers was, she viewed that because that's something that her father taught her and it was really instilled in her. And she believed that it would, that it was our, like a basic right that you got to do what you want with your money. You earned it. Okay. But then she did a lot of contradictory stuff that like, you know, if she was like that market or that industry is not profitable let's let's shut it down it doesn't need to participate anymore it's like fucking with us but it's like 
that person is choosing to work in that industry, then they can choose in the whatever. She did a lot of contradictory things, as huh. does like everybody. Right, right. Um, okay, right before so this is I think that I put this in here because it's important. I like to set the stage of like how things happen. So and especially with politics, like it your environment matters so much. Like you coming into office, something is happening to pave your way. It's not because you're the best person. It's not because you did everything right. It's not because of you as an individual. It's because something was happening in that time that allowed a window to open for you to jump through. Mm -hmm. And so the conservative party jumped through this window during the winter of discontent. So 1978 to literally December 1979 in the UK. Um, This is a quote. Some of these industrial disputes caused great public inconvenience, exacerbated by the coldest winter for 16 years in which severe storms isolated many remote areas of the country. This is the time that Margaret Thatcher took office like this is the time that something had to change because everybody in the UK was struggling like the inflation was crazy people didn't own their homes their taxes were so high that like all of their money went to the government like they were striking they had reached their peak and needed a change and I think that the um, liberal party was in at the time And a lot of even the Labour Party, which was like the smaller party, so it was like conservative, liberal, and then the Labour Party, even those people were like, we need a change, and went over to the other side. She really wanted to change the way the economy was being handled, mainly pushing for private companies and industries to run a majority of the government, like government services. Um, She wanted to push that into the private industry um, because she believed they would be more efficient than the government could be. Um, We see this, (laughs) this is my editorializing, we see this amongst many, many, many conservative thinkers. Like, I love socialism, but I don't think that the United States has the patience to let us, to let us work out what that would look like for a massive country like ours. Right. Um, We have so many people and so many government workers. I wouldn't want to be private privatized but we are caught in the middle between privatization and socialism so we are just stuck in eternal inefficiency that is what i wrote (laughs) okay so by 1980 britain's economy was struggling again to due to a rise in inflation so the policies that she immediately implemented um they were still experiencing problems with inflation so um She wasn't super well-liked at the beginning of her prime ministership. (laughs) Um, But in 1982, two very important things happened. Argentina attempted to take the Falkland Islands from Britain, and 74 days later, they surrendered. So those are the two very important things. They went to war and won. Nice. Okay, so um, I'll just like briefly touch on the Falkland Islands. It it was just a 74 day war just but like it was it was big and it was big for the country and it was big for their like leadership role and it it was big in the grand scheme of things, even though it just lasted a short time, but 
um, I think it that at one point it would deserve its own episode because like a lot went into it. But um, it's important to note that in 1981, there was a recession. So she got into power in 1979. Immediately, there was a recession, crazy inflation, like things were not going great. So, um, okay, so from what I read about the Falkland Islands is that um, she, so Argentina, like, decided that they were going to take them or whatever they were doing. I don't really know. But she was like, first of all, no, because that's ours. And second of all, I'm not going to be the first female prime minister and have this happen on my watch. And she was like, absolutely not. So she really kind of deterred. No. What's the word I'm looking for? She really delegated, like, the decision-making power to the military professionals. And I think that that's very admirable. And I think that it's not something that we see very often. And then looking at our, like, just recent history, that's not something that we saw in, like, our last presidency is that sort of delegation of power to military. And I think that we did see it a little bit with um, George Jr. Jr. Bush. Um, we did see it a little bit where he did delegate some to the military powers and that cost that costed a lot. It, it really fucked over a lot of shit. And like, we're still talking about it today as far as um, the way that prisoners of war were treated. And it's not great. Um, but in this sense, like, she didn't have military experience. Fucking fun fact, though, the Queen of England, she fought in World War II. Wow. She fucking went to like war. Like, the current queen? Queen Elizabeth II. Hmm. She, she was part of World War II. Wow. I don't know how much a part she was, but she definitely went off to war. And she was, like, the first female. It's crazy. Anyway, so... I'm going to do this because it helps me So at the time she made this decision to go to war with Ar Argentina, even at the encouragement of piece of shit Ronald Reagan to enter into peace talks because he was, by the way, at this time, the United States was really benefiting from Argentina during their war against drugs. So they didn't want to fuck with Argentina. So they were encouraging like britain to go into peace talks and like margaret thatcher was like fuck you by the way i didn't research that it's just from my previous knowledge which i wait, think is wait. sort of impressive so what makes it impressive that ronald reagan didn't want anybody to fuck with argentina even though they were trying to take over the islands from britain they were like don't fuck with argentina because they're helping us out like oh. transport drugs or what the fuck ever transport it or keep them out of the united states well that is debatable and we can talk oh. about that later <laughs> Is that a whole other topic? <laughs> yes, that is the war on drugs. And we can absolutely talk about that because that's technically a historical event. So we Well, talk about and that. that's interesting too in and of itself because there is yes. some racial ties there. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so anyways, so she was not making a super, like, 
favorable decision, but after 74 days, they pushed hard and they took back the Falcon Islands. Um, and then the following year, 1983, the Conservative Party won the elections. Here he comes. Hmm. Hello, stinky. Um, and then Margaret Thatcher again was prime minister. So really, like, the economy... Mom, like this is derailing. It happens every time. Focus, focus, focus. Okay, I'm listening. The economy was in some fucking trouble. Okay, I don't need to sit back. <laughs> Please! Gunner! The economy was in trouble. She did this thing with the Falcon Islands. She got super favorable because they're like, yeah, fuck yeah, this this bitch is powerful. And they reelected her. Well, they reelected the Conservative Party and her with it. Okay, in 1984, Margaret Thatcher, then Prime Minister, was attending a Conservative Party conference at the Grand Hotel in Brighton, England, when a bomb went off. Oh, shit. Just before 3 a.m. The Irish Republican Army, the IRA, later took credit for this, intending to assassinate the Prime Minister and kill many people in the party. Interestingly, she had just been in the bathroom, which was completely destroyed by the bombing. Three to four people died. It depends on what you read. Definitely three people died. Three to four people Three to died. four. Okay, definitely. I'm going to explain it. Okay. I'm going to explain it. Definitely three people, people died. I think somebody later died at the hospital. Oh. So it's like kind of dependent on what you read. <laughs> I know. Okay. Three to four, they couldn't, they just found parts. Okay. No, that's <laughs> fucked up. Wow. Erase. Yeah, Erase. No, Abort. <laughs> I already said it. It's too late. I think maybe one died at the hospital. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. And more than 30 people were injured. I heard like around 35. But anyways. The, um, the Irish um, Irish Republican Army, because this is at the same time that the Troubles was happening in Ireland. Right, the Catholics and the which Protestants. Which we need to do. Which is a, yes, yes that's another agreed. one that's incredibly interesting. Yes, so that was happening at the same time. They had already targeted a former conservative leader and killed that person, which I don't know if I touch on, but um, they tried to, they, they were doing it because they really were trying to kill her. Hmm. Um, oh, I do talk about it here. I'm trying to decide which I want to say first. Just a random fact, a paramilitary group of the IRA blew up the blew up Lord Mountbatten, which was the cousin of Queen Elizabeth II in 1979, so the year that she became prime minister. Um they killed this guy and then claimed it was an attempt to bring attention to the troubles in Ireland. And this is always like, I don't talk about this at all in these notes, but this was always like a contention for like her favorability, for her favorability because she was willing to kind of like let them starve when they were doing, like when they were trying to get attention to what was going in Ireland, like Margaret Thatcher did not give a shit. She was like, fucking let them starve. We have, they can either join us and be a part of what's going on here or they can go do their trouble somewhere else. Like, I don't care. That's kind of the vibe I got. Um, so she was seen as like kind of cold. But so they were trying to get attention for this. And so they had blown 
Which I remember in Scotland are still pissed about being brought into the European Union or whatever you want to call it. We will actually talk about that in a second because that's interesting. So, um, so that happened. Jesus. Can you chill out? Hi, stop sniffing me. And they actually did something creepy. I also didn't put this in my notes, but the IRA like came back and they were like, yeah, we missed, but we can try as many times as we need because it only takes one time for you. You have to be basically on guard all the time. And she came back and was like, well, life goes on. (laughs) So she was, she was really no bullshit sort of human. Don't fuck with me. I got this covered. Yeah. I did want to just briefly talk about her relationship with Queen Elizabeth II um, because I think it is important. Although royalty um, was to remain unbiased and like still is, they do meet weekly with a cabinet and are somewhat influential, if not like completely influential, depending on time. So for 11 years, Queen Elizabeth II and Margaret Thatcher met on a weekly basis. What I what I read on this was mostly that the queen and her didn't really have compatible personalities. <laughs> oh, really? So they had a really complicated relationship. Um, I think there was probably a lot they disagreed on. I read an article that I'm going to quote that I think says a lot about the relationship. Okay. So their interaction was professional, formal, and famous stiff, according to CNN. Um, which also said that the prime minister, so Margaret Thatcher, viewed the annual visits to the home as, quote, interrupting her work, end quote, and called their relationship, Margaret Thatcher called their relationship, quote, tense. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, I'm... Then let's talk. Okay, let's talk about this first. The root of their tension may have come from their opposing personality styles. The royal is said to have a dry wit. Well, Thatcher didn't have much of a sense of humor, reportedly going as far as needing to have a Monty Python joke described to her. (laughs) Because she just fucking didn't get it. Oh, no. She's so, like... No, that's sad. She's so Martha, all work. Martha, Margaret. Margaret, Martha. God damn it, Martha. <laughs> Margaret, you're you're hurting my heart right now if you don't understand Monty Python. So she basically had to have a joke explained to her. And but like, was this the queen making a Monty Python joke? I know. Because that's fucking awesome. amazing. No, that's fucking awesome. But I, I mean know. to Margaret. I'm going to have to say to Margaret. She was a dry benefit. motherfucker. Well, I know, but seriously, what the fuck is the monarchy that's there? It's like, oh, just because you're of, like, bloodline royalty, you really have no power. You have no power but great influence. And so she had to. She had to keep up a- appearances. But, yeah, to Margaret's credit, she was like, I don't gain anything from these meetings. You're taking up my time. I have other shit to do. You're Why like, am I meeting just with you? Drinking fucking tea. And, and well, Margaret's drinking whiskey. And you know, yeah. She's like, I would if you had whiskey, then maybe this Yeah, sure, let's kick it be. back like some men. Right. But no, I'm like having to bow down to you because there's some like incredible lineage here, which I mean 
in modern day, I mean, you have to kind of have a little bit of empathy for her because seriously, I mean, what does that mean? It's like, it's not what it was back in what, whenever, whatever century they lived in. Mm -hmm. No, no. Oh, the monarch? Where the monarchy (laughs) actually had some influence and had power. Well, but still, the British people, they do like their monarch they, they do love but them. it's like they love yeah, it's such a weird but it's thing. but that's like if the you thing, if it, you just stop and think about it it is the weirdest it's thing it's weird but it's representative of their history and so now it's just like a like a like a thing like a but they for show it's just, just for show pay they, money for these people i agree but i think it's there it's just for show they are willing to pay money because like we have royalty, and it's one of the last royalties that is is just side with Mar- Margaret Thatcher on this. It's fucking weird. No, I'm not disagreeing with you, and we're not from the United Kingdom, so we don't have that same like loyalty. That's there, fine. I mean, but it's, it's weird. kind of cool in the sense of like you have this lineage that you lineage lineage. What is wrong with you? You know I can't pronounce words. Lineage. Lineage. Okay, we gotta get okay, we gotta Go get ahead. here. So by 1987, the British economy was doing well, and Margaret Thatcher secured another win as UK Prime Minister. Um, she shortly after this, oh, but shortly after this, her favorability amongst her own party began to diminish. So Margaret Thatcher was really opposed to having the UK continue to integrate into the larger European uh, community, even though that's exactly what she did. European countries had already begun to form like certain groups by this time, like a collective unions. Um, But the, so by 1993, so the year that I was born, which by the way, I studied political science and I am studying public administration so it's like all about government so much shit happened the year that i was born in government context like it was meant to happen so anyways the united nations what it is as we know it now was formed in 1993 and like margaret thatcher absolutely would have not wanted to be a part of that like if she was still in as a still the prime minister at the time she would have been like fuck now but they wanted to do this to, like, maintain peace because European countries kept going to war. So, like, this was just, like, a natural evolution for that region. You know, and as the United States, we're so freaking isolated. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are not wrapped Imagine around. if we formed a union with Canada and Mexico. Like, it would make us so much stronger. Anyways, doesn't matter. Um, Margaret Thatcher really wanted UK economy to be separate and independent, probably because, like, the loss of autonomy lessens the stance of a world power. So she also did this really annoying thing, which <laughs> was a, an attempt to introduce the poll tax. Have you ever heard of this? Mm-mm. So the poll tax was basically a fixed amount of money that every person that qualified to pay this tax. So, like, I'm not sure if it was dependent on, like, if you owned your house or not. I'm not sure what, like, the qualification, but it was the the tax that you pay. And it was basically a fixed amount. So the poor would make just the or would pay the same amount of tax as the wealthy. And it was, like, wildly unpopular, um, even amongst our own party members. 
they were like, you can't do that. You can't make the poor people who, like, even now are paying a fuck ton in taxes, you can't make them pay the same same as the wealthy. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you're going to stand next to me or you're not going to stand with me at all. And they were like, okay, fuck you. So what do you mean by the same amount? It's like everybody pays 100 bucks, or everybody yeah. – it's not a proportion? Everybody pays – Or a portion? Yeah, everybody pays the fixed amount. And it's a little bit different. Like you, you really have to read about it because it's actually so complicated. So just – it was not a good policy in any – like it, it just wasn't good. And everybody hated it, and people were, like, going on strikes. And even people in her own party were like, you can't fucking do this. We're not going to stand behind you if you do this. Mm -hmm. So she lost a lot of people. Uh, Margaret Thatcher did a lot of things, mainly for the economy. When she came into office, the taxation rate was insane. The wealthiest person, the wealthiest were paying something like 98% of their income in taxes, and the poorest will, were still paying, like, 60%. By the time she left, that had reduced to about 40% and 20%, respectively. And, like, it was that was still fucking high, but she had completely reduced it. Like, she had really... Um, she veered away from socialism and, and more towards, like, the open economy for foreign investment and made London a world leader in the financial industry again, which it was, like... They were really falling behind, and she popped them right back up there. Um, she also was key in aiding the end of the Cold War, which is why the Soviet Union hated her um, and the fall of the Soviet Union. She, she, because she was so staunchly against communism and what they were doing and critical of them, she, she really did a lot. Like, she just did so much. Um, in November 1990, she failed to receive a majority in the Conservative Party's annual vote for selection of a leader. Um, so basically, she was pushed out of her leadership. Um, and it, it was largely due to these very controversial policies. So she was pushed out. A, a new leader was elected, but she was still prime minister. So she withdrew her nomination. And John Major, the chancellor of executor, ex exchequer, since 1989, don't know what that means. <clears throat> this is a quote, was chosen as conservative leader. On November 22nd, she announced her resignation and six days later was succeeded by Major. Thatcher's three consecutive terms in office marked the longest continuous tenure of British Prime Minister since 1827. In 1992, she was made a baroness and took a seat in the House of Lords. So, in 2011, the former Prime Minister was the subject of an award-winning and controversial, controversial biographical film, The Iron Lady. Okay, listen up. I was having a really hard time focusing. Let's see how much time we have. Okay. I was having such a hard time focusing on this research because I was doing so much of it. <laughs> it's like, where the fuck do I go with this? I watched this film, actually. It's Meryl Streep. It's ah. fucking amazing. Well, anything with Meryl. It's so amazing. And after it ended, I was like, what the fuck? And it gave me so much shit, like, research just because I wanted to know, like, how much of it was true. 
you should watch it. And if you're not a reader like my mom, like I really, really <laughs> encourage you to watch this movie because it's it's good and it's not obviously it's like a dramatization of her life, but it's from the perspective. So when she got older, she got dementia. And it's from this perspective that she's having dementia and she's living as if her husband's still alive, even though she knows he's dead and she's reliving her life. So like things will spark her memory. And it's, it's very intense. And at the end I was like, wow, this is really heavy. That's a really interesting way to film that. Yes. So she's an old, old lady, like, because she died so on April 8th, 2013, Margaret Thatcher died at the age of um, 87 from a, from a stroke. And, and it is a very interesting film. It definitely colored my perception of her, but it, it made it me realize like she, it wasn't just that she was a control, controversial woman. It's that she, she had a temper and she, like, she had the ability to make people feel like shit. And I think that she she was revered because she did that. I think that she was intelligent. I think that she used her intelligence. And I think sometimes that had a really negative effect on her interpersonal relationships. And that's like as much as I will speculate. But going back to that, like um, the person that wrote her biography, he was he was a journalist. And he met with her several times and she really hated journalists. And he actually wrote like a piece about her two weeks before he passed away in 2003. And I want to read you, read you a quote because you. read you. It's a very long quote, but it's the way that he writes is beautiful. And just like the journalist, this, yeah, Hugo Young and like all post, um, the article but it's it's not very long but it's beautiful like and it teaches you so much just in his like like this brief discussion of about like the mark that she left on the world and it's just crazy I'll just read it okay quote I think by far her greatest virtue in retrospect is how little she cared if people liked her she wanted to win but did not put much faith in the quick smile. She needed followers as long as they went in her frequently unpopular directions. One also can't forget what happened to the agency that made Thatcher world famous, the Conservative Party, of which she seemed such an improbable leader. Without it, she would have been nothing. It chose her in a fit of desperation, hats and all, though it quite liked the hats pause that's like part of like her aesthetic was like she would wear hats and then once she ran for prime minister she had to stop oh really yeah it got over a deep instinctive hostility to women at the top of anything and put her there yet her long-term effect seems to have been to destroy it the party she led three times to electoral triumph became unelectable for a generation Thatcher was a naturally, perhaps incurably, divisive figure. It was part of her conspicuous virtue, her indifference to familiar political conventions. It came to a head over her most egregious policy failure, Europe. 
She lost seven cabinet members, oh, seven cabinet ministers on the Europe question, a record that permeated the party for years afterwards. It still does. So the woman I met on Curzon Street, dimpling elegantly, can now be seen in history with an unexpected achievement to her credit. She wrecked her own party while promoting, via many, a torturous turn, labor's resurrection. I'm just going to end with a quote from Margaret Thatcher. I'm going to say it in a British accent just to fucking piss (laughs) off people. If you lead a country like Britain, a strong country, a country which has taken a lead in world affairs in good times and in bad, a country that is always reliable, then you have to have a touch of iron about you. And that's Margaret Thatcher. Beautiful.